Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is everyone's favorite day, especially during the holiday season. In fact, they should maybe make it an official holiday. Stew's Days. Stew's Days in December. Make it a holiday for everyone. What do you think, Stu? That's right. Very kind of you, Dave. Very kind of you. It's a Hallmark Day. A ha- yeah, a Hallmark holiday for you. It's uh, something to something you. I'm sure you've always aspired to. A guy can dream. <laughs> guy can dream. A young man can dream. So, uh, Stu Kedwell, co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management, our regular guest on Tuesdays, which we call Stu's Days. And and Stu, lots going on in the markets. Uh, we we went from a we w- actually went from a fairly quiet period where we were doing. Uh, podcasts on on subjects that uh, you know, looking at different sectors and that because there wasn't a whole lot of activity in the markets. The thing, things seemed particularly stable, but all of a sudden we've seen volatility creep up, and some of it is this Omicron virus, uh, which we've talked about, but a lot of it is around concerns on inflation, the Federal Reserve, government debt, government policy, lots of stuff coming together, and and sort of making markets uncertain and nervous. So. As 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 we look at uh, the the the, the uh, PPI number in the U.S. very high, nine percent. Uh, the Federal Reserve meeting the next couple of days, uh, and and potentially going to announce some changes to their policy, perhaps accelerating some tighter policy. Uh, what do you make of it? And 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 how? First of all, how do re- how do you think investors should react to to, to this right now? Uh, well, it's a it's a great question. Um, you know, the the bond market has uh, taken everything in, and um, and the yield curve has flattened a little bit. So, uh, you know, the one describe there's kind of there's a handful of things going on. The first is, will the Fed remove uh, liquidity from the market in the form first tapering some of their bond purchases, and then second, eventually raising interest rates at a pace that jeopardizes the economic recovery. And the bond market's way of answering that question is to say they might, so they flatten the yield curve, um, and and the and that is a very powerful signal. Um, you know, when the you know flat is not so bad, but if it inverts, which means that short-term rates are higher than long-term rates, and we're not we're not near there yet, but an inversion uh, normally suggests uh, 12 months from now, you know, the economy will be significantly slowing. So, you know, that has been one view. Then, and that, that view is in part because, you know, inflation is high, to your point. The headline readings have, have certainly been uh, at, at levels that no one wants to see. But at the same time, there's a lot of debate around how much is transitory. And, you know, the Fed has taken that language off the table to some degree, although I think we would all admit when we look at the buckets of inflation, it's not going to run at 8% a year forever. And then the second part is, um, you know, how much of inflation is due to supply being constrained versus too much demand. Yeah. And if it's due to supply being constrained, then eventually that supply will find its way back to the market and that will ease some of the inflationary pressures. If it's because demand is too hot, then that's probably something that they want to cool off. And, you know, the reality is it's a little bit of everything. So. Yeah. Uh, is inflation uh, running at these levels uh, from now forever? Uh, I doubt it. Is it running uh, at probably the higher end of a two to three percent range? It probably is. Um, you know, the one bucket that uh, you know in some of the survey data where the expectations around wages uh, is quite high, and um, 
you know, that that's something that you don't like to see that sentiment as a central banker really get embedded because that can lead to uh, a longer period of, of higher inflation. So, um, you know, there's puts and takes, uh, but, uh, you know, the bond market's reaction so far has been um, let's uh, let's worry that the Fed's going to go too far. Uh, the stock market's uh, conversation has been similar, although, um, you know, you have seen, you know, some where we would say, uh, you know, more stable cash flows, uh, utilities, uh, staples, things like this. They've done a little bit better yeah. recently. But the area of the stock market that has has really been a more compressed has been in the speculative sure. areas. Um, and not only that, you know, some of the high growth stocks where the companies themselves are not speculative, but the valuations are quite elevated. We've seen a, a real compression in some of those those valuations. But I don't think it's due to I don't think it's due to um, the valuation compressing because of interest rates, because of anything, long term interest rates have been yeah. quite well behaved. And that's what drives longer term valuation. I think the question there has been, you know, will there be enough growth in the next 12 to 18, 24 months for some of these businesses to hold that current valuation? And, you know, by that, I mean like that, like that's growth, like 20, 25, 30%. These are exceptional growth companies. And, uh, but will the growth be enough relative to their, to their valuation? Um, you know, the focus that, uh, you know, that we often have is, uh, you know, on some of the, you know, the middle of the market yeah. where valuations were, Okay, maybe a little bit elevated, uh, but you know, still quite reasonable. Lots of free cash flow, good dividends, and um, you know, those stocks have been, you know, kind of more benign in this period of time. Uh, if anything, uh, maybe a bit of a positive tilt. So, uh, you know, there's always uh, lots of things going on in the stock market. Uh, makes it a market of stocks, and um, and that's what we're thinking about. Yeah, very very interesting perspective there with with respect to uh, to some of these growth names that uh, a lot of the focus has been on uh, higher rates or the potential for higher rates, taking some of that future value or, or you know, discounting the value of those, those, those future, uh, that future earnings growth, uh, when in fact it may just be, as you, as you suggest, looking into the next 12 to 18 months and saying, hey, uh, if, the, if the Federal Reserve starts uh, and central banks around the world start tapping the brakes on things, maybe they're not going to grow at 40% next year. Maybe they're going to grow at 20. And if your PE if your multiples at 100, then that's uh, that's pretty hard to justify. And so it's kind of a very rational, which is what we've talked about a lot through this. Like uh, we've had these different rolling corrections through the markets. All, almost seems like almost every part of the market has had some kind of a 10, 20 percent pullback through the year. You haven't seen it reflected that much in the major indices because it's, it's isolated sector by sector. Uh, and, and that seems to be very, very healthy in terms of the way in, in investors and, and, and institutional investors and professional investors like yourself have been working in the market this year. 100%. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of things that I always try and keep in mind. You know, you know the rule of 72, which is, uh, you know, the, maybe the greatest rule of thumb that any investor has, which is, you know, take the growth rate divided into 72, and that's how often you'll double. So... You know, if you're growing uh, your sales at, say, 35, 40 percent a year, you're talking about doubling your revenue every two and a half years. And if that slows to 25 percent, that's still considerable growth. But all of a sudden, the doubling period goes from two and a half to three years. So when you run that out 10 years, you got maybe three doubles instead of four. So the amount of revenue that is driving the discounted cash flow valuation 10 years out changes quite a bit. 
Yet the growth is in both cases quite yeah. spectacular. But you know that's what the stock market's kind of negotiating. So what an investor can do is they can, whenever they're buying a stock or or buying whatever it might be, the market as a whole, you always want to think about. You can kind of backward into the question of well, what is required for me to be successful? And we've always mentioned that you know stocks have earnings and cash flow, and they have their valuation. So we can estimate how the earnings and cash flow might grow. And we can also estimate what the valuation might be when that arrives. Sometimes you're banking on same valuation, earnings and cash flow growth. Sometimes you're banking on more earnings and cash flow, a little bit of valuation compression. But if you're banking on expanding valuations, then you're in a different, um, you know, a different, uh, you know, kind of setup. And if you're banking on expanding valuations, then you need additional liquidity to kind of fuel those valuation changes. And, you know, the Federal Reserve in all likelihood, while monetary conditions are going to be very accommodative next year, they're going to be less accommodative, which kind of takes valuation expansion off the table. So we need to go back and really focus on uh, how is that cash flow and earnings growing? And, um, you know, that's going to be a real key as we get into 2022. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's quite possible that we've seen peak economic growth through this cycle. Uh, we've seen the, the low in interest rates through this cycle. We may have already or, or in the midst of passing through peak inflation. So everything's going to be moving the other direction as we get into 2022, which keys up, Stu, a very exciting year of Stu's days in 2022. <laughs> this is going to be the last podcast we tape for this year. Stu, great analysis of, of what's been going on. Uh, so, uh, so Stu, thank you for, uh, thank you for all your time and some of the, uh, just incredible analysis you've offered to Canadian investors over the last year. Really appreciate you, uh, you taking the time most Tuesdays, uh, to come on and I, and I wish you and your family, uh, a very happy holiday and, and all the best in 2022 as we head into the new year. Well, thank you so much, Dave, and uh, certainly all the best to you and yours and, uh, to all our listeners, uh, have a great holiday and look forward to uh, getting back at it in the new year. So Stu's best of 22 coming in early January. Wait for that. That'll be everyone's present for the holiday season. Stu, take care. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.